0: the podcast where we dissect and review the TV show Schmigadoon. I'm your host, Derek Byers, and joining me from Alabama is my best friend and co-host, Lynn. How are you doing? Hello. Lynn?
1: How are you? I'm I, I'm okay. I'm um on vacation, and so I'm extremely sunburned. Look at that. If anybody watches this like via YouTube or anything, like, mm, I have tried everything. My my, my, my shoulders are sunburned, my back is sunburned, and then the top of my thighs are extremely sunburned. And my chest, my back, all, the, all the, that, um, it really doesn't hurt, doesn't bother me, but my thighs hurt so bad. Um, like I have tried everything. I've put so much aloe vera on them. I put vinegar on them. I have been trying all the old like hacks and stuff and nothing's helping. So um, other than that, I'm I'm doing good. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, I'm doing good. Uh, I Had some some doctor's appointments this week that had to. I had something taken out of the back of my neck, so I'm a little. I, I might be a little short today because I'm in a little bit of pain. But other than that, I'm doing pretty good. So I can't turn my head. That's why I'm moving my whole body when I turn. <laughs> but you know, it's hopefully will be.
1: Oh no. Soon. Guys, we're just broken and burnt. That's who we are today. You're broken. I'm burnt. Broken and burnt.
0: <laughs> uh, before we get into the podcast, just want to remind everybody: take a moment to subscribe to Mosaics, uh, who is hosting this podcast, and take a moment. Uh, to comment if you're on any of the podcast po- platforms. Uh, and we want to hear from you, hear what you think about the episode, and continue the conversation. Uh, you can also email us at Lynn and Derek at gmail.com, uh, and hopefully we'll maybe start to read some of your email line uh, at the end of each episode. So send us an email. That's Lynn and Derek. that's L-Y-N-N-E, and Derek D-E-R-R-I-C-K, at gmail.com so send us an email we want to yes, hear
1: from you we want to hear from you guys and whether it's you know just a comment about the show or an episode or you have a question or you want our opinion on something that's you know going on whatever it is we we really want to hear from you guys
0: yeah so shall we get into the episode
1: we sh- we should um i'm actually really excited i've i feel like, um, so far plot wise and storyline wise this has been my favorite episode um so i'm really 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 excited um i'm gonna give just a brief little summary you guys like i said i'm on vacation so um i know early on we told you guys the episodes come out on friday like first thing friday midnight so Thursday night, midnight, Friday morning, midnight, however you guys look at it. That's when, that's when an episode um comes out. And then we have all day Friday to kind of watch it and prepare. And then we we record on Saturday. So I was watching it in the car as I was coming down to the beach. And so usually we have all these beautiful, like typed out, like I'm very thorough and in-depth, like four or five pages worth of notes for like one episode. And that just did not happen this time because it, it just didn't. But, um, so wish us luck. We're still, it's still going to be great. I mean, I, I did take some notes. They're just not as, not as in depth as I would have normally liked for them to be, but, um, quick little summary for you guys. Um, We find in this episode, Josh attempting to have a place to live at the schoolhouse where he is able to get it by accepting a job as the handyman. Melissa is um, struggling with her power hungry boss, Doc Lopez and his unwillingness to help um, various people in the community, which leads her to give a very interesting lesson on sex education. Um, Josh and the school Marm and Miss Imitate, they grow extremely close and that relationship begins to blossom once. He um, gives her brother Carson an, um, a kazoo, right? A kazoo, yes. Um, and we also get some really big like revelations um, involving the mayor and maybe a potential love story and all i have to say is if you listened to the podcast last week i'm right
0: (laughs) yes you were right you guessed i mean they were kind of you know it was it was kind of obvious but they um that i mean obviously we knew that men love was homosexual and they were obviously hinting at it for the pastor too but yeah to kind of have that and then of course when they first had their first slice of pie together i was like oh there we go I didn't expect it to progress as quickly as I didn't expect we get to him coming out this quickly. However, I can definitely feel, because you said, you said it's supposed to be how many episodes long? Six? I
1: think I think there's six in this first season.
0: And we'll mm-hmm. have two, so it means we have two left.
1: We like, have two three, after two, this, two yeah.
0: We're just like, we still haven't met Jane Karkowski's character, and there's still, I feel like either two things are happening. Either they're, they're setting this up to almost wrap up really quick, which I'm almost like, oh, I wish they had done a more episodes because I'm like, now we've gotten at a pace where it's like, okay, this could have keep going for a little bit. Or they're setting up so that they can continue all of this season two.
1: I feel like, okay, so my heart of hearts wants it to be that they're just setting up for season two. Like they're, they're kind of riding it in a way to where Apple is, going to have to renew them for a second season you know what I mean because there's too many questions but then I also kind of feel like they're purposefully writing all of these like fast-paced relationships and storylines and things like that because that's just what musicals are you know like when you fall in love in a musical it literally happens in just a few moments like it is you know, like a few scenes and then a couple is is formed or a relationship is formed. And so I kind of feel like that's more of like what they're trying to do. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, it just seems like even with that, which, which that makes sense, um, it's like we're kind of wrapping up feverishly fast compared to The Friend. It has only been like, what, three episodes?
1: Yeah. A lot has happened. Only
0: four, yeah, a lot has happened in four episodes. This is
1: episode four, but a lot has happened leading up to this.
0: Even though it's only been four episodes, even by the end of episode four, it still felt like, oh, we could still be in act one. But now all of a sudden we're like, it really feels like, oh, we're nearing the end of act two. So it's like, I feel like there's still like... I just, it still feels like, oh, there could be more. This could have been 10 episodes. This could have been eight episodes at the pace that they were going. It feels like we jumped a bit, even, even, because I feel like even a lot of the time, sometimes, yeah, at the end of those Golden Age musicals, they don't admit they're in love until the very end. But some of them, they do kind of find that moment closer to the end of Act 1. And then Act 2 kind of deals with some of the, you know the aftermath of that, or whatever, so I don't know it'll it'll be interesting to see how these because they're also all episodes are are they're all different lengths and so it'll be interesting to see maybe episode the last episode will be twice as long, maybe it'll be an hour maybe it'll be because I feel like for it to feel satisfying like a musical there there needs to just an hour's worth of content left two thirty minute episodes. I'm like there's yeah, you could wrap it there's up, like no just way like a musical. But like I feel like this so they've opened up and but see the difference between what they've done with this show and a normal musical is in this show it's opened up a little it's opened up a lot of commentary and a lot of little holes that you could go into that are very interesting that they've brought up questions that necessarily wouldn't be there in those New Each musicals like like the mayor actually fully coming out as homosexual. It's like, now I want to see a couple episodes to figure out what this relationship is. I know in a new age musical that wouldn't happen, but this is a new show, so this is an opportunity to take that and run with it. You know, what, what, you know, I love taking worlds of a certain thing and then saying, okay, what happens if mm-hmm. we do something that wouldn't necessarily happen in this world and kind of mm-hmm. go down that path. It just seems like there's so much more left to come, especially especially introducing a new character on episode, you know, I'm assuming she's going to be introduced next episode, it'd be really weird to introduce her on the last episode and that's it, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, she's definitely that character that comes in like in the second act and you know, late into the second act that changes everything and throws a curveball at the last moment, but mm-hmm. I was like, for Jane Krakowski, they could have... They could have brought her in a little earlier. Or or it's like it seems like a whole new character this late feels like there's more to come later on. Later. Season yeah. Two.
1: I feel like part of it too though is that we're watching. I mean, essentially this is supposed to be, you know, a big just giant parody of musical theater. And I feel like if we were watching this exact same show on a stage, we wouldn't have all the same concerns about is there going to be more and stuff I think the fact that it's on a platform like it is like the fact that it's a tv show we are all so used to and just accustomed to having seasons and seasons of getting to know people and getting to know their story and I don't know I feel like they're trying to make it where it's like awkwardly going too fast because they're not trying to write it like it's not it's not meant to be written like a tv show none
0: of those musicals do i ever feel like it's going awkwardly too fast though it feels the proper pace even you know and i don't think in terms of writing yes certain things translate difference to the tv but the pacing should the the pacing still translate like i would i still at a musical regardless of the level of intimacy we get with each character i still feel satisfied i still feel like i have being told all of the story you know and that's yeah. something to say about that's why musicals you only open so many cans of worms that the audience is going to question so that yeah. by the end you have time to wrap them all up i think they've gotten into a problem where they've opened up so many cans of worms wanting to make so many references but they don't have enough time to tie up all the ends because like a good musical yes we you know we always say oh it's a musical it doesn't have to make sense but a good musical you know and a lot of those originals do they neatly tie up their their stuff without it feeling overly like oh we're rushed. just tying this up to tie it up you know it, yeah. it comes in nice and smooth and easy and that's that's why they are they were as popular as they are I mean, you look at Oklahoma, Oklahoma originally was like three hours long. It was a long music. I mean, it is a long musical for yeah, a reason. Yeah, it's long. You know. And there's something about... Because also, too, I feel like because it's a TV show, they're going many... They're cutting between... You know, they're, they're doing... Even though it's still a musical, they're doing a TV show thing where on stage you can't cut between... You would never have a scene that's like three lines long, really. Because, unless it all, unless that next scene is in the same place, because on stage you can't cut between scenes as quickly. You have to have a set change, you have to have time for all that. So, in a play, the places we go and the way we meet the characters are also condensed for that reason. Right. And so, I feel like we've been bouncing around so much in that TV show mode. That's probably why I want it also to be longer. And I think they could. Like they could play into that fact that it's a TV show, and then use it to kind of do some more commentary and go further into some of those. I'm sure by the end of it, it's just going to be, oh, that was we were doing that just for reference sake. A lot of it was just for reference sake; it wasn't even making a point. However, there, I think there were a lot of good points made up that they could go further into. Right. Um, right. You know. And I get that, you know, yes, does the traditional musical not do that? Yes, blah, 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 and all that good stuff. However, this is still a TV show in 2021. So I think, you know, artistically speaking, yeah, find a way to marry the two. Yes, it's still a love letter to musical theater. But, you know, have the commentary and go down these new paths as if, you know, musicals were written like that, you know. And because I almost wished it had been a thing. And they they kind of started to do this where it almost seems like... Because obviously in those musicals, you know, I don't, none of those mayor, mayor characters or anybody would never have just come out as homosexual. So it's almost yeah. like that, that thing. And a few other things feel like these are obviously, they're, they're only going down, the characters are going down this path, not because, because in a traditional musical, I feel like the path the mayor still would have been like, oh, no, I can't do that. That would have been the end of that. And then we moved on. He would have never come out. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like, that's an example. And there are things that kind of happened throughout. There were examples of, you know, their 2021 influence having influence on this, like, 1950s story. And so, right. like, I wish they'd play around a little bit more of that and pushing. Because also, too, it's weird because it's like, obviously, Mildred wants them gone. But they can't leave until... they they find their true true love love. so like whereas and it's also be interesting to know like where is the balance between the like what is choosing what is what is deciding that they found true love what is actually deciding and right and well and that's
1: what we were talking about in the beginning like is true love going to be is true love going to be them discovering themselves? Is it going to be each other, but they just have to, you know, like the Reverend said last episode, you have to work for true love. It's not something you just magically have. Is it, is it going to be that, or is it going to be that they do meet somebody entirely new that just, you know, takes their, I don't know, but I I want to get more into that too, when we get later on in this episode because there were some questions I had about a facial expression that Mildred makes later on in the episode. Um, but I, I I I agree with you with what you're saying in terms of they are moving exceptionally fast. And there are I I don't feel like we are going to end satisfied. Like, I don't think that the sixth episode is going to, I feel like I'm going to be like, what the heck? Like, you know, like, um, like when a TV show or a movie or something gets all this hype and you've invested all these years or these, this time into it and then you watch it and it ends and you're like, that's literally what we waited for, you know, kind of a thing. But I don't know. We'll go, see. Oh,
0: it was only a limited series. Like, really? I,
1: I know I saw I I went today um, when I was I was trying to prepare for this a little bit you know I I didn't want to come in with nothing because I'm used to having my three four pages of notes but when I when I was looking at some stuff earlier I I like to go on discussion boards and kind of read like what other people are are noticing and stuff and the the only thing um, on this one thread is I hope this isn't a limited series. I hope this isn't a limited series. I hope this isn't, you know, and, and I'm just like, well, you know, Apple, if you're listening to this, we we need more.
0: <laughs> I mean, Central Park, which is their other kind of musical TV show or Central Park, whatever it's called. It's the one about Central Park. I think it's called Central Park. Um, I think it's on its third season now, so it's a possibility I I, it also I depends on what I'm the less writers about. had decided they wanted for you know the writers might have only thought it was a limited series there's something about this that feels like they were writing it to kind of be wrapped up in one kind of chunk well
1: you know what it's probably gonna i'm less scared of this being like the only season of it what i think is gonna happen is what you predicted in the beginning and that every season gonna is go gonna be a whole it. new cast whole new storyline Like a whole new version of it. I I I'm I'm kind of leaning more to that's what's going to happen. I think that there will be a second season, but I don't think it's going to be this this same storyline. yeah, because
0: it's and it's weird because and and I think it's where part of my conflict comes from. Where it's like when you look at the actual musical storyline and you look at the people in it, I want that's what I want to keep going. I want to know more about those people, and I want. I want more curveballs to be thrown at them and see how these musical people react. Um, But when it comes to Josh and Melissa, I do feel like their arc is coming to an end. It's just the musical arc doesn't quite. It's like they have a kind of nice arc over the top. Well, it's it's two different it's two different different
1: worlds. So maybe their their worlds aren't meant to align. You know, they're not in perfect time with with this place.
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, I don't, I don't think they meant that. I mean, that's a very like you would only, it, that's a very like technical looking at the like structure of a story kind of a thing, not necessarily something that you would outwardly notice watching. That the two, I mean, you kind of feel it, but it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it was intentional. It feels like they wrote the arc of Joshua and Melissa and then filled in a b- bunch of references, but didn't realize the references were also. Going to be. It's almost like they did the references too good because they were so good that now I want to know more about the references than I do the Josh and Melissa story, almost. I mean, yes, I still, I'm still still invested in their arc and I still want to know what happens to them, but I want to kind of like yeah. know more about the Shmigadoon world yeah and what makes yeah, it tick for and sure. why, it, why it's you know what I'm saying like they went in wanting us to care most about Josh and Melissa and then it's just this world they're in whereas now it's kind of flipped I want to know more about this crazy world where this musical happens and you get locked in here until you find true love that's yeah. to me the more interesting Kind of because we've seen couple stories, people have written couple stories last five years. All the you know, couples that don't work and then they work in the end. That story's been told over and over. This story, however, this weird town that gets locked. I mean, it's kind of Midsummer, it's kind of like Rickadoon, who's this town that shows up, you know. And so, yeah, I maybe and maybe they'll lean more into that season two, and maybe we'll get another couple. And so, and it could be fun because we'll know what the what the key to the to the game is but then watching other people figure out how they find the key to the game
1: I would love a season that only explains how the town started how yeah. they all got there you know I I don't know but we I mean clearly we could have an entire discussion just about what we think is going to happen or what we hope is going to happen but um we'll just have to wait and we'll have to see. So this episode, it is um, episode four. It is called Suddenly. Um, It starts off per usual. We've seen this in every episode now. It's pre-Schmigadoon. It's Melissa and Josh real life. Um, And they are at a play in New York. I guess they're there to see one of their friends in a show. And it's it becomes awkward because they're all naked and so they decide nope, nope nope we gotta get up we've gotta leave and they they walk outside um and they're just laughing and enjoying each other and it starts to snow and this magical moment is just there and melissa blurts out i love you and she says very quickly, like, "Oh, don't feel pressured. You don't have to say it back. Like, you, I, I don't even know why I said it. I mean, I mean it. You know that kind of whole spiel. Like, don't, don't feel like you have to say it." And Josh very confidently says, "I love you too." And so now, see, I don't know how I feel about Josh. Okay, like I just, I don't. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> one minute I'm like, "Oh yeah, he's he's noticing," and then the next minute I'm like, "You are such a." An asshole. Like I, don't, I don't get it. But he, um, in this moment, I thought, you know what? Now I have zero doubts that he actually loved her. I don't know if he still loves her. I, and I say that because I feel like people fall out of love. I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very much in agree, in agreement, agreement that. Josh, um, stuff's happened. It's gotten complacent. He's just gotten too comfortable. The excitement's gone. And, you know, they, they've just not been working on them as a couple and as a team. And I think that, I think he loves her, but I don't think that he's in love with her right now in this moment, in this phase of life. And there is a difference, but now I have no doubts that at one point he was, because he said that that was the first time we have heard, and I love you or any sort of statement of the such come out of his mouth um where it felt real every other time he's said it or he's hinted at it or he's just glossed over it like it was very just like okay well you're just saying this to help you in this situation but in that moment I was like oh he meant that he loved her
0: yeah no I definitely got that too I I think I think deep down he does love her and I, I think that is scary. You know, I think there are also, they're also, like, different levels of love. You know, I do think Lee Chi genuinely meant that he loved her. I think that she had escalated. She had got much further along than he had in terms of, like, yeah. the love journey. I think they both mm-hmm. loved each other. This is obviously, obviously their first time saying it to each other. But I think he was just further behind... On the I love you world because I think he got comfortable and then, she's like oh marriage and he was not he just really wasn't there yet he didn't you know because he wasn't paying attention like you said they weren't working on each other, and and on their their relationship and so it got lost and they both kind of got complacent and they were like oh here we are now we think we're in different places, and I do think he loves her and I do think. He's just scared of it and doesn't know what it means because I can tell by the way they looked at each other and it was very it was very purposeful in the way it was shot of when they have the the quartet well the two duets at the end where they do the split screen, which is a very like musical theater, you know one couple on one side you know it's very that. Uh, and so but when they did that they kept having even though and I think they're showing two things in that moment those looks at each other were like because even throughout this episode he had you know last episode and this episode he had a couple moments where he started to, to you know he would look at her a certain way or he would linger for a moment in a way that's like oh now that I'm on this other quest trying to do this other thing, I actually kind of miss you. And I think he also doesn't know what that is or how to express that. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to navigate that as well as, you know, but what's interesting is at the same time, the Schmigadoon world, which this TV show loves parallels. So there was snow in the beginning when they kissed. Snow and said, at the end. You, and there's mm-hmm. snow at the end, which I think is... Sh- the, their way of saying Shmigadoon has like a, the, the, the gods that be have approved this love as true love for now. Or at least they're on the, the right path. They're on the path to where they're supposed to get. And whether that I is think... with each other or whether they're going to realize because of these pairings they've now made, they actually want to be back with each other. I mm-hmm. think either way, Shmigadoon is like they're on their right path. That's what, and that's what feels like there's missing. There's something that we haven't been told about that's deciding. Because obviously, in a musical, there's there's a director. Who's the director? Who's directing? You know what I'm saying? There's some director. There's something Mildred. that's directing. Well, but she, uh, even she seems a little like not, <laughs> you know, like she's almost, she's too focused in her own lane to not be, you know, also, we know how we feel about, you know, directors who also try to be in their shows and do all the other stuff. So, that, not the best look. But, you know, there's something. There's something or someone. See, hold this.
1: up. You're gonna have to pause and go listen. We're gonna put a pin in what you just said because there's a few people whose name popped in my mind. <laughs> Look, read my lips.
0: Oh well, yes, of course. Well, yeah.
1: Also, I hope she hears this because I love her, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Meggs. I will never forget all the times you tried to kill me so that you could be drowsy and I'm still I'm still watching you (laughs) no but no I agree I I do think at some point we're gonna we're gonna figure out and um try to learn or, or we're gonna learn you know who's more behind this and stuff and with the whole snow thing I I think that's a parallel because this episode really solidified this idea to me that the reason why Imitate is going to be the strong, like, schmigadoon love interest for Josh is because in a lot of ways, she is, she is like Melissa.
0: Well, yes. She's a, she's everything. She has all the same qualities as Melissa, but As Melissa. And I think he of the is subconsciously world, is trying to find of like Melissa. More tamed, if you know what I mean. Is less like... You know what I'm saying? She is still strong-willed, but she's still obviously within that music theater world. And so there's something about her that reminds me of Melissa, but is... Because it's not more palatable, that's not the word I'm looking for, but is... It's like she's like she's she is a parallel to Melissa, but like slightly underwritten compared to actual Melissa, right? In terms right, of like right where she is, there's probably something about that that sadly makes it slightly more palatable for Josh in the sense, or not more palatable, but it makes it feel, I guess, easier for him. Well, you know- maybe
1: not even easier, but I think that it's less of mm, maybe easy, but I think it's just like less of a challenge for him to like challenge feel like it's less of a challenge for him to like get her because Mm -hmm. Melissa is an equal to him, if not the superior one in their relationship. He
0: can see her. Like I said, it's not a great thing, but I think in his brain, she is slightly less than. And so it's an easier target than Melissa or not target. These are like bad words, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, right. It's no, no, I get It's, you. it's easier yeah. to approach the relationship because he, and also even from the point of view of, well, I'm from the city, I'm like from, twi- you know, I'm from a real world, you're just a fake person kind of a, also makes it different, which is why he was just, you know, trying to find a woman to go across the bridge with. It's very like... Oh, these aren't real humans, or not that they're not real humans, but these like are... like their feelings don't matter. They're pawns in a the scheme. They're they're part of you know the characters in a story versus right. actual he, real humans. And so I think he definitely looks at that definitely for him being afraid of love. He's like, oh, well, even if we do fall in love, quote unquote, that won't be real love because none of this is right. real. And so it's easier. And I think that's also even a little bit of a parallel to kind of kind of how he fell in love with Melissa almost in an unreal way where it's almost like, oh, this is just a relationship for relationship's sake. And I do love you, but mm-hmm. it's almost in a... But now he's getting to the point where I think by the end of this, he'll be... And I think Melissa from the beginning was wanting that real love. She was wa- she was in that place. And so I think maybe by the end of it, you know, he'll see actually this fake imitate love i don't want that i want the real thing
1: yeah yeah i i think it's gonna this is why this is kind of i don't want to get it say like it's going to be interesting to see how they tie it up because i feel like we're going to get back into the whole conversation at full they can't like there's (laughs) no way to end it but it's going to be interesting to see how they tie this up um so we've heard their first i love you's it was a really great scene. Um, and then we're back in Schmigadoon again. And Josh is at the schoolhouse. He's more or less asking imitate if he can stay in the upstairs room. And she's like, I'm I don't think so, you know, at first. And then he he kind of plays with her head as as we've seen in previous episodes. Imitate and Mildred are. Like enemies, they you know they are told have total opposite views. They don't they don't see eye to eye on anything, and he knows that, so he plays into that. He plays into the whole thing. Well, Mildred isn't letting anybody like she got to you too. I can't believe she got to you, and that makes imitate like okay. Well, you know what? Sure. You can stay here. I need a handyman anyways. So he agrees to become the handyman around the schoolhouse. Um,
0: And even then, she kind of, she has this moment of like, okay, I see what you're doing. Like, she's still, she's like, she, like he says, she's like the most, which funnily enough, when you look at The King and I, the two things that Melissa references later, The King and I and Music Man, that particular woman is... I'll say less underwritten than the rest, than most of them. She's, she's a little bit more you know, outspoken. She's the stronger, yeah. yeah, more outspoken in both of those shows, which lines up with the, the imitate character beautifully. And yeah, she really is almost to the place where she almost feels out of place. But that's kind of how those musicals were. It was almost kind of like, where do these worldly women come from in this world that seems so closed off? For
1: sure. And like, why,
0: how did you end up here? You know, kind of a, but I think that, uh, that I think is less too intentional of those shows and more, you know, because in all of those shows, they're referencing and that character she's referencing is the main lead woman. And so just as a writer, you're going to put more character, more care, more thought into your main lead than you do, the you know the second leading role or the third you know what i'm saying and so i think it's a combination of the one of those women to be more virtuous but also just by the virtue of them being the lead they're obviously going to have more depth so in their...
1: in shmigadoon then essentially emma's probably their leading lady probably yeah that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense um well, Josh accepts the job, blah, blah, blah. We go over to um, Melissa. She is with Doc Lopez. And she's in her, you know, nursing, nurse's out uh, uniform. is like, like
0: old nurse's outfit. It was funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nurse's uniform. <laughs> and um, she and here having this conversation, it is very, very apparent that he is arrogant, superior. There's something at at this point, I mean, we'll figure out later why, but we can tell he has some type of chip on his shoulder. Correct. And he's just really, he's kind of mean, you know, he makes it very clear that whatever he says goes, she's not allowed. She has no reason to question his authority, to undermine his authority, to want anything different than what it is that he is saying, whatever he says is what goes.
0: Well, in his world, there's no, you know, a woman doctor could never exist. I know. And, and, you know, which is interesting, too. Well, not that interesting, but his character is interesting, I think, in a good way. Because when you meet him the first time, you do not expect this from him. Because usually this character, well, I think maybe in some of those older musicals, this character was that But more recently, that younger when it's usually, oh, it's the younger son or it's this of the, you know. Usually they're a little bit more forward thinking. They're a little bit more. Because you go in you, oh, I'm going to be dealing with the old doctor. I'm going to have all these things I have to get over. It's like, well, actually, usually usually it's like, oh, it's the young hip son. They're, you know, a little bit more forward thinking and I can get along. Um, And so when that first started, I was like, oh, maybe this won't be her love interest. Maybe this... Because I was like, for Melissa, this is obviously a big turnoff.
1: Oh, of course, because Melissa wants to be able to be heard, you know, mm-hmm. in everything. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I still don't know how I feel about him yet, you know, and just in general. Um, but Doc Lopez, I want to give a little shout out. He's played by um, Jamie Camille. It's probably not how you pronounce it. He probably pronounces it some different way, but he is a um, Mexican film and TV actor. He is primarily known for telenovelas and just different um, Spanish shows and stuff. However, here in the U S he is most known for Jane, the Virgin. He plays Jane's dad. Um, He's excellent in that show. He's so funny. So really excited to see him and just want to give him a shout out. But um, yeah, so they're, they're, there. they're having this conversation and in walks his dad, um, which is going to go back to what you were just saying that you would expect him to be more forward thinking. And actually it's his parents. Mm -hmm. Um, His dad comes in and is grabbing something and he's like, dad, what are you taking? And his dad's like, nothing, nothing. And it ends up being lube his, his mom and dad want to get freaky and it's, you know, <laughs> obviously mom's a little dry down there. So, you know, we learn really quickly, like, Oh, your mom and dad, and dad okay and you know melissa's like just give it to him what it like you know melissa's like what what difference does it make and they also reference that time period um because you know back then you weren't supposed to talk about sex in front of women it was Mm -hmm. it was not a conversation to be to be had in front of a lady and and it was
0: scandalous to have sex for pleasure you had it for the purpose of having a child of
1: having a child yeah and i mean he even says that like dad there's 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 a lady present and she's like I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. You know, cause now like it's, it's just as common to hear women talking about sex and you know, what they like and what pleasures them and stuff as it is mm. men, you know, it's, it's no longer just a conversation for that should be closeted behind a door, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, um, I, I loved that. I love that storyline so much that his mom and dad were stealing his, his surgical lube so that way they can, <laughs> they can get it on. I'm like, okay, when I'm 90, okay, when I'm 90. You're
0: like, pass me the surgical lube. Pass me the surgical
1: <laughs> 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 Um, <laughs> and then, um, in comes Nancy, um, which is a pregnant girl in the town. She is played by Cassandra, I'm gonna butcher her last name, but it's Cassandra Consiglio. Anyways, she's she's um, another just super beautiful um, actress. She's um, been on a couple of episodes of Riverdale. She's been in the the new version of Charmed that just came out this year. She's super talented as well. Um, she's pregnant. She's pregnant out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. So she has all these questions and, um, she just wants, you know, to make sure that she's healthy. The baby's healthy And doc Lopez is like, no, like I'm not helping you because you're pregnant out of wedlock. Like if you're going to have to find somebody else and you know, Melissa says, but you're the only, um, doctor in town. And when she said that you could tell in her brain, she's like, well, I could change that.
0: Yeah. She had that look of like, you're the only doctor in town. Wait a minute. You're the only doctor in town. Yes, and I was
1: expecting her to open, like I was expecting in this episode to see her open a practice, practice. you know, to open a competing practice.
0: But they would never, but it makes sense that she didn't because where where would the like building come from and how would she convince people who don't believe a woman can be a doctor? You know, she's obviously going to get like, deliver the baby because they're, you know, they're in dire need and can fix some dire need. Because like, that was another conversation where I was like, when the got to, was like, oh, so this is that was another point where I was like, oh, are they setting this to set up for multiple seasons? Because that's a long haul storyline of her setting up shop. this mm-hmm. shop and yeah. being there, and them being, at you know, so that was another reason where it's like, well, you set up a p- another potential thing, but are we ever going to even like get a chance to even, you know? Uh, but like yeah. I, I. I like where it went, though, because it was like it would have been really unrealistic because it's like, where do they get the set from? You know how long it takes to build sets for musical theaters. Because everything is quite obviously meant to be like, oh, this is the interior of the house set that's been rolled on from stage left. Kind of. Yeah. Like, everything is yeah, quite yeah, obviously just the way a they backdrop. Look,
1: it's very soundstage.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so it's like that. that is obviously an element that's paying into it on purpose. And so right. it's like... You know, there are some there are some world-building holes that, I think, as we get further along into this, that kind of start to fall through. That they kind of started to play with, like, pointing out the fact that this is actually a set, but not a set. But then not giving us any other clues in terms of, like... I almost want them to go fully into, like, you know like the, like at some point we see an orchestra in a corner somewhere and then they like you know like like go to the point of like this is really a musical and somebody's controlling this or like,
1: We're like where they're breaking the fourth wall essentially. yes or like
0: we see mildred like on accident like like i would love that we get into season two and then we started we accidentally see mildred backstage or like they somehow found find a way to backstage like that would be interesting and like where is this smigadoon world I know yeah. the, mu- the, the, like, the, like, magical musicals and things can just exist, but it's, like, does that storyline, is, is that enough in 2021, or do you need to have other things? And, like, because, like, what you said at the beginning of the, the story is, like, yeah, we're used to that and used to having, you know, multiple seasons of things, even that, but even, like, just more in-depth storylines. Is this kind of light musical theater storyline enough for a 2021 audience. I mean, it's not just a light musical theater storyline, but even us were like, oh, there's so many more places you could go. I hope, I just, I'm saying this all to say, I hope that they imagined it for more than one season. Because I can definitely see how, when you come up with this idea, this is kind of a one season thing. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we... sorry we leave that scene and we go into josh's first day as the handyman um he walks in and emma introduces him to the class and we get to um watch him attempt to fix a jammed door and he gives up very very quickly and so we go into this um song, our first song in this episode, which is called With All Your Heart. Um, I loved it. Everything about oh, yeah. this song, I, I will say, um, I was so happy to hear hear her sing and see see it was the first like real good peppy fun for me song of the series. I mean we've had a lot of them, but so far I think this is this is one of the tops. This is um, the not-
0: first like big like yeah there was the opening number but this was the first like I say production number there wasn't much production And like when I think about production I think about their, the choreography
1: you know, like, the the yeah. setup the, and there might be costume everything. changes
0: and like you know all that granted you know the choreography kind of stayed in one place um so it wasn't necessarily a big production number in terms of because there have been other numbers that I feel like the choreography has been more expansive but in terms of like the style of the music and the fact that they're tap dancing and the type of song this was definitely like the big production number of the show and uh, and you know me I love I'm always here for tap I'm like how can we involve I know I know I love I'm not the the biggest fan of like Taking a random Lady Gaga song and tapping to it—that to me feels out of place. But this, I love a good tap number.
1: Yes, I I love this. Um, I feel like what this shows is that um, I'm looking at my phone. I, that's where I took most of my most of my notes today. Um, I feel like this just even more solidified that whole um character reference to the music man for sure mm-hmm. i mean this just showed us that um that emma is classic she's forward thinking she's independent you know and what she wants is she wants to help our hero of the show which would essentially be josh she wants to help him change which is exactly what marion from the music man mm-hmm. um
0: She finds out exactly who she who he is, but then sees some good in him when he changes Winthrop over and says, you know what, actually, I can help him. I can you know, I'm not going to report him and and show that he's evil. In fact, that I can show that he's actually nice because he actually, you know, and I think it's kind of especially in that show points at the dichotomy that everything is not black and white everything is you know good people good people can do bad things and bad people can do good things and that you know it's all kind of a spectrum and more nuanced
1: yeah well after after watching that song it made me realize that I would not play Mildred I would play Emma (laughs) I want her song
0: He's i like, want that song. song this is it no <laughs> other song
1: maybe that's just what we'll do way. listen for the finale i will sing that song that that that'll just be it
0: <laughs> like that that alone will be the finale <laughs>
1: <laughs> um i i loved it and i loved the um the same reference you know back to music man too where when carson's talking to the talking to him in the corner you know he mentions i'm not good at music i'm not you know same 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 kind of story lane there too so i i loved that song i loved all the kids i loved the tap dancing on the desks it was just beautiful i actually went back just to watch that song a couple of times um it was it was great um and then we leave the schoolhouse and we go back out to like the um town center and we we are introduced to a multi-faith bake sale and when it said that I'm thinking like we're about to have like Jews and you know like actually different faiths but really we just had different denominations like it was a Presbyterian and a Methodist and I was just like okay well well just um, that
0: commentary on even though we're preaching the same stuff it's so divided oh yeah i mean that that you
1: see that in churches all the time i you know the the main difference in in a denomination is the way they preach the way they they preach the scripture um but it's it's not necessarily you know like a totally different faith but it still divides people so bad that it almost feels like it oh yeah and I can see why that's important in this show and in this story because of um, because of the Reverend's wife, because of who Mildred is. Like, I feel like it's very important for us to know who they are and who they, like, represent A, B, C, D, E, F, G kind of a thing.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. And it's... You know, it, it's it's funny to see those those church bake sales because it's like. Also, this is like a, a perfect setup to uh, we see the two of them and then it slowly pans around and we see, uh, who we've been who we who we all love Alan Cummings Mister Men love Mayor Men love, waiting in the in the gazebo. I don't know what else to say the gazebo. He's like I just watching from is. afar.
1: He's yeah. like so in 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 lust so in love you know that is and I thought that was great I thought um him watching it as soon as I saw him watching and waiting I was like I knew it I knew it I well those knew are those it. things
0: that like as directors we do for fun in these musicals in the background even though like you know you would never like in the actual musical some other action is going on while this is happening in the background you know Larry and Curly are singing a song while everybody's getting their pie yeah and if you're it. not
1: careful you miss it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: but it's like those, those little nuggets but it was nice to point that out for a moment
1: yeah absolutely I think I I think so too um and he goes over and he's he's attempting to flirt you know like well, well what do you have and Um, the reverend is naming off all the desserts and what are the favorites? And he was like, but nobody's really bought my strawberry rhubarb bars. And he's like, I love strawberry rhubarb bars. And he's like, me too. And so he buys two of them so he can give one to the reverend, which Mildred comes by and is like, nope, you can't do that. You're on a diet. Um, so then he breaks off. Yeah. So then he breaks off a piece and gives it to the reverend so the reverend can sneak and eat it um and that's the first facial expression that i wanted to point out of mildred that was a look of worry on her face that was a look of oh shit what i've always known may happen is actually gonna happen that's what that was
0: oh yeah 100
1: percent and I, I, and I'm pointing that out because later on, she has another facial expression that is different. It's entirely different. And I feel like it cancels out that, oh shit feeling that I got from her now. Well, yes. Um, and it's,
0: and it's because it it's, if I'm correct, the one you're thinking about is in the actual funeral service after what's his men love is like, I'm a homosexual. Blah, 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 blah And she has this look at, I think it's because she's like, oh, now that he's kind of like, in a lot of ways, the musical theater world publicly humiliated humiliated itself. He's like Harold will never stray, kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that most definitely, she's definitely a little bit like, uh oh, here we go, it's happening.
1: Yeah, it's it's something along that. she should be married to
0: her. It did not make sense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Well, then we go to, we're like up on these, on these mountains. Um, <laughs> Melissa has gone to find Nancy um, to, to kind of offer her some help. And ah, uh, she's there and she's offering some, um, some help, they, they, um, they start asking her these questions like, okay, well, where do babies come from? And um, cause there's a couple of places and neither one really, you know, like it's very, very obvious that Nancy has zero idea what's about to happen. And she says, the baby's going to come out of your vagina. And I love Freddie. Freddie is the name of the baby daddy. He says, "Ma'am, even I don't talk like that. And I also love that he had previously, you know, he said that he said a lot of cussing and his his forms of cussing were like gosh darn Mm -hmm. you know like they weren't like what we actually consider curse words um but she she says it's just you know proper medical terminology and she picks up a guitar so she can teach them and the reason why i said i wasn't gonna say that the last song was my favorite is because this one is by far I was like yeah you
0: would sing this song to people in the hospital as they're (laughs) like being burned
1: what's so funny is I was listening to it in the car and I didn't put my headphones in and I'm I have no idea that the first line is gonna be
0: the vagina is where
1: (laughs) the penis goes and I'm like sorry sorry about that let me let me me put my headphones in because you know I'm I'm not alone (laughs) My friends looking at me like, what the hell are you watching? Um, This was a very um, like
0: almost like SNL moment for me where it's like, oh, this feels very like dealing in that absurdity of like a song that's a parody of obviously Do Re Mi from Sound of Music, but the lyrics are so absurd. That like, you know, and that because it was, I mean, it is, I mean, it's describing sex and like the making of a baby. So it is vulgar in a way in the sense that it is Right,
1: right. But it's not, it's not meant to be vulgar because it literally is just telling you scientific facts. Correct. But, but it was so funny. And of course, you know, the whole um, idea of this song is Do Re Mi from. um,
0: And this is like almost from Sound of Music. And it's almost like, oh, this was. Was.
1: Even this set was sounding well, yeah, What I was
0: going to say was that it's... This was, for some reason, almost oddly, like, a very, very heavy-handed reference. I don't know why. Like, I feel like none of the other references have been this heavy-handed. It's almost like somebody else... Like, I wonder why they, why they decided to go so specific with this. Because usually it's like... Because usually the reference is... You know, like a, a a nod to a line from this song, or a nod to a character from this musical, plus a little bit of this from this song, a little bit of this. But this was just yeah. This the is the first one where
1: it's just that song.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and actually, that scene, um, and like almost with the heels and the panning down to her sitting, it like it's very like it was so specific.
1: Well, i I had wondered the same thing, so I was doing some research and I found um, from. One of the writers of the show, he said that when the idea came up for a young girl to be pregnant out of wedlock, um, in order to create a nice conflict with Melissa and Doc Lopez, we immediately went to Do-Re-Mi. And from that moment on, it was instant sound of music, sound of music, sound of music. There was nothing else that would would work for what we wanted this song to be, um, and he says that's the song that's the closest to an outright parody in the show. That song is no longer a reference; it is a flat-out parody. That and whole said, we had parody. to. He said we had to toe a fine line, um, but we realized the closer it was to the original, the funnier it became.
0: Oh yeah, that's why I said it felt it felt like an SNL skit. Yeah, yeah, versus- for
1: sure
0: um part of I, the show
1: yeah I 100% agree but that um <laughs> I want that song to be my ringtone <laughs> it's just really funny um and just you know I, on, like, I, I, your, I like, do think that there's a lot of stigma list. um I think there's a lot of a lot of stigma to like talking about sex ed anyways, you know, like I grew up in a house. My parents are two polar opposite personalities. My mom is very open. She's always been open about sex. Like this is probably a little TMI, but the first conversation I had with sex about my mom, I don't remember all of it, but what I do remember was her saying, if you start to feel a little tingly feeling down there, then you know, you're ready for sex. Like (laughs) there was nothing there was nothing informative about it other than how to be a hoe. Like quite frankly. <laughs> and I love my mom, but but all all the whole like that was that was all it was. Like, and then it's like my then dad, the rest of your
0: life makes it no I'm just kidding. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> and like, then my oh, dad, he
1: sense. took um, my dad took the route of I'm never gonna speak to you about sex for the simple fear of if I talk to you about it and you know what it is and you have all the information, then you're gonna do it. You know, my dad is he's very um hardcore in his faith and and I love him for that and I I'm a huge daddy's girl but for him it was like oh we can't have these conversations nope I'm not explaining anything to you you can learn whatever you need to learn at school
0: (laughs) the less less you know the better
1: (laughs) yeah that was that was my dad my dad did wanted me to know nothing and my mom wanted me to know everything
0: well and that, that and that, that you was know and that that makes that makes sense from a point of view of I could see from another woman it's like I want my daughter to know everything so that when men come flying at her she knows how to handle them and then my Mom
1: wasn't thinking like that. Derek, that's sweet, but my <laughs> mom was just My mom was and still is like the most sexually driven person I have ever met. <laughs> like that that's what she thinks about that's what's on her brain all day long um and you know she knows it and she and I've had conversations about it but I don't know anyways it was it was very I mean everything about that that scene and that song was sound of music it was there was no hinting around it um and then we leave that and josh is ending his his first day at the schoolhouse betsy and her dad come barging in he's going to literally we're still on this shotgun wedding joke he is going to force josh or attempt to force josh Mm -hmm. um, down to the courthouse with his gun and um he's like you're going to come right now and you and Betsy are going to get married. And I, Betsy just looks stupid. She looked like she played <laughs> dress up in a flower girl costume or that's something. That's a like, little,
0: little country red dress. her little. <laughs> but, you know, and this is very like, I think this happens to Ali Hakam in Oklahoma where um, Ado Annie's daughter, I mean, Ado Annie. I mean, obviously that's a lot what cold whole shotgun thing comes from. But I think even like he gets to you know take her to marry her now, right. or, you know. Right. And which which I... in that in their in their world too, considering they're like a they're mostly from Oklahoma, just like is like mostly from Music Man. Music um, Man. Oh yeah, he's, for sure. He's I think really, everybody. You know, Josh's character to them to that show is very the is very the peddler man. Anyways, he's kind of always kind of been in that world where he and that actually that's what happens to the peddler man is he says he's going to marry her and then breaks it off
1: yeah yeah i um i love that i feel i i I agree with you i feel like every character in not in in the schmigadoon world they all have one new school that they highly reference the most and then Melissa and Josh just kind of take on whatever person they need to take on for that person's story Mm. um yeah I 100% agree um so as Betsy and her dad are are there to confront him Emma comes in and she kind of saves the day she takes the gun away she you know breaks it down and she's like you're gonna have to leave like why would you do this to your daughter do you not think any like more of her like what's wrong with you kind of a thing, and it pushes her and Josh to start having kind of this like sentimental moment. She's wanting to get to know him more. And here comes the cue for Josh to sing. And Josh is like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And whereas he's yelling at the music and, at you know, just the whole concept, she thinks he's yelling at her. Cause she doesn't, you know, like to them, they just live in a musical that's normal. Mm-hmm. She doesn't realize, okay, like this is not normal for him. Um, And so she, she runs off and she, she and him, the scene ends, the scene ends there. And we hop back over to doc Lopez's office. Melissa's wrapping up Pete and in watch Josh. And she's like, um, did you forget that I hate you? Like we're broken (laughs) up. And he, he very sweetly says, yes, but I have nobody else I can turn to. Like, I only have you. And she um and him start talking. He, he wants her advice, like what happened. And she explains to him, like, you have to sing breakthrough moments, emotional mm. moments in a show happen in a song. They're not in the words. That's that's what musicals are. They tell the story through the music. I mean, really, truthfully, everything that is spoken in a musical is just subtext, but it's not the story the actual story is in the song um or is in the songs so yeah in um, the
0: musicals the songs the songs push the so forward. and he brought up the good the kind of reference of you know and she points out you know when you can't sing anymore when you can't talk anymore you sing when you can't sing anymore you dance and he brought up the, the question, question well, where do you go after you dance and i started thinking about that and i was like well, you know, if you look at certain musicals and you look at certain things, when you can't dance, when you're so emotional that you can't dance, it kind of does loop back around to talking because you look at um, there's a moment in Billy Elliot where he's tap dancing and at the end of the tap dance he pretty much breaks down and then has a monologue and it because he's because it, it escalates it starts as a monologue and then this whole big fight scene happens and. The song starts, and then eventually it turns into this long tap solo where he's, like, fighting. It's his anger against the police brutality. And eventually it gets so feverish at the end that he just kind of breaks down and then has a monologue. And so, it, yeah, it does kind of cycle back to talking after a while, after I was talking about that. And then after talking, you sing. And it's like this circle of musical theater life. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, um, they're, they're having this, this conversation, this talk and, um, in walks Nancy, she's in labor. And so Melissa's like, cool, come on, we're doing this. And she turns around and Josh is washing his hands. And he's like, you know, I I just thought you, you could use some help. And she's like, yeah, I, I do. And it was a really sweet moment for them. I think that this is the first time where the two of them are realizing, you know, we still make a great team. We like, we still can, Help the other be what the other person needs, um, and I think I think truthfully that's the whole point of that scene. Um, that and to set up the next scene, which is Doc Lopez coming in. Before we angry. get into that,
0: before before we get into that, um, two things with that too. I think that was for Melissa too, a slight glimpse of, oh, this is the first time he's doing something not solely for himself. Right. He's doing something because I need help or because this woman needs help, which, you know, and to, you know, some offense that is partially his doctorness kicking in. But I also think like what we were talking about earlier, this is another point of us seeing him start to go, yes, I'm going down this journey, but oh, I'm kind of missing Melissa and kind of missing our like day to day interaction and mm-hmm. the way we work together, and how we mm-hmm. work together as a team. I think this is also him missing that a little bit as well.
1: For sure. For sure. Um, but yes. Also, and-
0: the, the fact the baby came out dry, I thought also was hilarious.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Which is another reference to how when they landed in Shmingadoon, they were completely dry for no, you know.
1: Yeah, it was like nothing else. I mean, the...
0: The uh, rain and stuff
1: was no longer there. Um, Correct. But Doc Lopez comes in and, and, you know, he realizes what's happened and he is furious. You know, he is like, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. And Melissa's like, yes, I am. I'm going to help people that need my help. Oh, and also, I'm going to give your parents the lube. Mm-hmm. okay they need it but you should let them have fun and while they're doing that i'm going to teach them every single sexual position that there is for them to know i'm going to make their sex life so great you're not going to know what hits you and then boom we're immediately at a funeral because his dad I died love that. it
0: was it was it was like that that's like good classic like comedy of you know i'm going to show you this and blah 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 and i'm going to prove you wrong and bah, de, bah, de, bah, and then cut to somebody's bed or something has happened because yeah. of what they did. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so we're at his dad's funeral and um, <laughs> he died having sex. What a way to go. Um,
0: I feel like that's everybody, well, not everybody's dream, but I feel like that's like a common, like, and like, I feel like I've heard multiple people be like, if I have to, they want to, because want to go out having fun. Mm. Yeah. I mean, who
1: wants to say they died boring? And I, <laughs> well, I don't know because I really want to go in my sleep.
0: Yeah, but no, that's for me, that's how it is. I'm like, let me go while I'm not even awake. Like Yeah, just, just just take me in. peacefully in my sleep, Lord.
1: Um but because like when you think funeral, about that, like
0: during during like sex or anything like that, like that's yeah, you're you're enjoying yourself until you start having a heart attack and then it's very Let painful. me tell you something.
1: <laughs> Do you know how traumatized I would be if I was having sex with somebody and they died? Like if James and I were having sex and he had a heart attack, I would i would be traumatized for the rest of my life that is not something i want for myself nor do i wish that on anybody else
0: and i feel like i've seen that happen in, like you know like um i feel like this happened on house where somebody was having sex and then they died in the middle of it or like it happens on tv shows but the characters it happens to are never as messed up afterwards as you really would be in real life they just kind of brush it off as nothing happened i was like someone just died on you it's like or under you you
1: More, but either yeah. way, either way, I, I, I can't even imagine that. Um, but at the funeral, three really big things happen. Four, four really big things happen. The first is that Josh shows up. Mm-hmm. You know, he, Melissa's there. Obviously, we know why Melissa's there. I mean, she blames herself. And, you know, she she now has a connection to this family. Josh really has no reason to be at that funeral other than to support her. And I think that shows even when he's like, how are you? You know, and he's like, you know, this is gonna this was gonna happen whether they were having sex or not, like this isn't your fault, you know. Um, so that's the first big thing that happened. The second big thing that happened is that we learned that Doc Lopez's wife died. And so now we know what that chip on his shoulder is. He's You know, like he buried the love of his life and, you know, he's carrying that hurt around. And, you know, what they say, hurt people, hurt people. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And then three, the mayor is listening to the reverend's um, sermon and he keeps talking about how, you know, like the one the one thing that you can learn in the way that um, this death happened is that you're meant to be yourself. You're meant to be truthful. The, the Lord wants you to be happy. He doesn't want you to waste your life miserable. And Melissa kind of puts a, you know, the the idea in the mayor's head, like, you know, that pertains to you too. And so the mayor decides to take this moment to announce to everybody that he is a homosexual. <laughs> um, And, and it's I no s- longer
0: subtextual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so we get we finally get that big revelation. I mean, it's not necessarily in the way that I wanted it to be, but but Same. we get it. Um, and then the fourth thing that I want to mention that happened, and I'm mentioning all of them so we can go and like talk about them all in depth. But the fourth one is Mildred's facial expression. Because before, like I said, she was very worried. That was a look of worry, it was fear in her face, and now. It's more like a, I gotcha. Mm -hmm. Like you, you've said it out loud. I own you now. Like, I'm I'm going to take your ass and serve it to you.
0: The first look was more at her husband. And the second look was more at the mayor.
1: That's true too. That's true too. I think she wants to be the mayor, but that's not. Yeah.
0: Maybe she's going to run. Maybe that's why at the beginning they're like, and I'm running unopposed yet again.
1: Well, because she was a woman.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. She was
1: a woman. She had no way to run. Like there's no like back in the day, women weren't in politics. So I think that this is opening up a side of her now of like what her dreams and her aspirations are and what's been holding her back, too, because maybe I mean, I don't know, but I could just be wrong, but maybe she wants to be the mayor. And now she's like, well, if a gay man can be mayor, so can a woman. Maybe. I don't. I mean, I, I don't know, that. but that would be them tying this whole modern era into the story. A I little don't bit think more there's too.
0: anything modern about her because she's very like you know the women against the future the mothers against the future, and she's very like. But you maybe know, all of that, even is though just a, a wife a can run, up. but she she seems like very the kind of person where it's like, yes, I want to run everything, but like a wife's place is to run everything from behind her, you know, from from. Does it make sense where she's like, I want to run at everything, but like by bossing my husband around and by she bossing wants to be the neck. Around. She
1: wants she wants him to be the head and her to be the neck.
0: Correct, yeah. correct, and and very of that was kind of the way you did it. it. You know, that's the way you had control then. And another thing too that I wish they had, uh, and maybe they because they, they granted they haven't referenced anything really. Big River for real, for real. But I I wish this was like a perfect opportunity to reference the orgy speech from Big River when they're at the funeral and he's mm-hmm. like oh we're gonna have a funeral orgy and that whole thing I was like I wish they had kind of gone down that route because for me that's one of the biggest musical theater like funeral scenes especially when it comes to comedy is yeah. that Big River funeral yeah. scene and so it's like I almost wish they had like if we're just throwing out references now you know I wish they had kind of gone towards that i mean this scene was fine it, it, it did what it needed to do um, yeah but yes we talked about we talked about uh Leighton, uh we talked about christian chinowitz's characters her faces But what was the the thing before that
1: the uh the mayor his, him coming out mm. um and <laughs> i i kind of felt bad i mean i i know that in previous episode, we, we learned that maybe his wife was aware as well, you know, but out of her love for him. And so when she ran out crying, my heart broke for her because it's kind of that thing of like, yes you know it but maybe you don't want it to be true you know like she. well because
0: that means that means everything's going to change you might know it but ever, but you're happy with you're 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 fine with everything that's going on right now
1: right and now now this is going to okay now now we have to deal with it you know and mm-hmm. and i i did mm-hmm. i felt so bad for her i mean as happy as i am that the mayor has like put it out there and how important that is, especially because like we've mentioned before, like this type of representation, this type of storyline, that's not what classical musicals, like that would not be referenced at all.
0: You no, know? And, if, and even if it, if it was, it would be like, this would happen like the very end of the show in like the last 10 minutes as we're wrapping everything up.
1: It's yeah, like, it, oh, would, by it the wouldn't way, give it a We chance. went off and
0: got married. Ah. You yeah,
1: know. they wouldn't give it. They wouldn't give it a chance at all. Um,
0: so it'll be interesting to see how they develop this twenty twenty one story, that more twenty twenty one storyline through these musical theater nineteen fifties characters.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it yeah. is very.
0: He would not, you know, that man from that musical, even that man in the nineteen fifties would never, especially on a pulpit in a church just yeah you know yeah yeah so like, and that, that's another one of the things where i was like okay there's something th- th- that made me feel like okay there's something else going on here they're obviously their outside influences are now really impacting the storyline mm-hmm. and so it's like how is this is this going to derail it to the point where like the whole thing tips sideways and we're on some you know like how is this going to derail all like i feel like this derails things like before, like with think about like Danny Bailey, when she was like, Oh, but I'm not pregnant, he just kept on with his own thinking. He he would not shift from his musical theater point and
1: then theater. we never saw him again.
0: Correct. He just was stuck in his loop in the like hut. And so like but now we you know, this now we're seeing characters change because of their actions. So what does that mean?
1: Oh yeah, know? that's true too. Melissa and, and Josh are changing The way people think and feel. Yep. Um, And does it
0: just reset for every couple that comes in? Or is this, you know, going to be a long change for this town?
1: Yeah. There was one more thing I wanted to mention about Josh in this scene, too. And that is he this is his first time seeing doc Lopez. This is his first time noticing him. And, and he kind of, he kind of is a little bit jealous, you know, he's kind of like, oh, well, he's good looking for a man of his age, you know, like he's, (laughs) he's, he's doing that thing where it's like, you compliment someone, but like backhandedly, because you hate them, like you hate their guts. And I think, you know, it was another, like every interaction, (laughs) In this episode that Melissa and Josh have had has been just a little bit like just a tiny another little layer of like them actually being each other's person, but them just not knowing how to be each other's person, you know? Yeah. Um. But that that's kind of that scene, and and we move from um, from the funeral to this we're back at the schoolhouse we're outside we're with Carson um one thing that I forgot to mention when we were talking about Josh coming to get Melissa's help on the Emma situation is you know she suggests getting hit, giving Carson a trumpet because that's what happens in music man and that's yes. how they fall in love and he he takes that so literal and he's trying so hard to find a trumpet and he can't find a trumpet so he settles for a kazoo, and he and Carson have this really nice, just beautiful heart-to-heart, um, heart. and he gives him the kazoo, and it makes him so excited because for the first time he can make music. He doesn't feel like he's going to be bullied when the other kids are singing and dancing; like he can join in. And I mean, living life in a musical town and not being able to sing or dance or partake I mean, yeah, in I mean, the look music at your sister
0: who tap dances everywhere she goes. You know, it'd be yeah. it's, you know, it's like well, and it's like because I think it's reference too, like is in the musical too. This is you know when you look at Harold Hill and what he does for the child, Long Run, and he does this for the whole town. Is that yeah, he doesn't give the musical, or he does give the musical instruments. They pay for them, but <coughs> it's not about the music and the instrument. It's about. What that signifies, and it's it's about the friendship that comes along with it, and the you know the fact that Harold's really the first person that like treats Winthrop, you know, outside of his family, he's the first human that really treats Winthrop like a normal person, or like treats him nicely and goes out of his way to do something for him. And this is similar to, you know, the uh, imitates uh, little brother, right? Where she and like and I also have all these theories with Music Man where. Music Man is one of those things where I feel like originally the child was Marion's child. Because he's so young, especially when you look at the movie, you look at the characters. He's almost too young. Like a woman, like when you look at Mrs. Peru, which is Marion's mother, she's probably in her late 40s. She's anywhere from late, she's usually played by somebody anywhere from late 40s to like 60s like the age gap and the
1: siblings don't match
0: correct well it's like well and she's too old to have a child that's like eight and have birthed him you know especially in that like in
1: that era because we didn't have modern medicine then yeah
0: and so it's like it it almost feels like originally he wrote that as he wrote marion as a single mother and that and they all kind of live together but then for broadway they changed it to you know, because that's not, you know, that would have still been produced at a time where you wouldn't write that. You well,
1: because that. like we've seen even earlier like in this episode of this show, you know, that being a single mother is shunned. Mm-hmm. having a baby and not being married, that is, you know, an ultimate ultimate sin in itself, kind of a thing. So i I actually I kind of like agree with you. Maybe Carson is Emma's son.
0: Yeah, because it almost feels more like that. It almost feels like a mother-son. Because she almost, I mean, yes, all, you know, like, in musicals, from those musicals, you know, it's hard to denote sometimes women from the age of, like, 20 to 40 all look the same because costume-wise they kind of wear the same fashion, right? you know, once you hit a certain age. And so... It's hard to tell how old she is, but like you look at like the people who played Marion and how old they were. They were all like, and like people who play her today, like Sutton Foster is about to play Marion on Broadway. She's four, like she's a little bit, and she's really a little bit older to be playing that role traditionally. Usually it's someone, you know, mid-twenties to to early thirties. Yeah. At the oldest usually. And so it's like that's really the age where you would have a child that's eight to eight to ten.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's really interesting. Well, this moment, um, goes into Melissa. She's walking out of the office and she sees Doc Lopez. He's just kind of standing there. Um, and this sets up the final like big scene and the final song, um, which is what this episode is named after suddenly And, um, basically this is taking both Josh's and Melissa's two separate love relationships and intertwining them. Um, it's kind of showing like now, okay, they're both, and it, it, it jumps back to that whole fast pace of a musical thing that, you know, we talked about earlier, like musicals, they, they, they go, they, they go fast. And, um, sorry, some of my like housemates, they just, on um, that. I'm on trips. of my friends, they just got back and you can come in <laughs> <laughs> with my podcast gear. <laughs> Sorry. They just wanted to say hi. Um, but basically, um, it goes back to that whole, like, this is a fast paced thing. Like we're in relationships and in a musical you're in a relationship super fast, you know, like, Mm. literally we just realized we had feelings for each other and now boom we're in a super committed relationship
0: <laughs> no i know and yeah it there it, there but again it, it felt like i don't know there's something about when it happened the first time with Danny Bailey it felt like oh this is obviously a reference to the time like he fell in love with her relatively quick there's obviously poking fun at that yeah but then to do it again it's kind of like oh we've already done this this. joke has already been done yeah and so that's why i was like oh i wish this this is where i felt like there could have been more episodes of oh i want this to play out a little bit longer because we've already done the joke we've already made the joke about that we've already pointed that part out so right like, it doesn't actually in real like in terms of real writing and pages it doesn't have to move that fast this could have had a little because it's like we met doc lopez i mean i guess it's the same time period with, with danny bailey we met him in the first episode they were in love by episode three or he was like you can't you done tame me with episode three yeah um but so that 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 and that arc was even longer than this arc between her and Doc Lopez. We yeah. meet Doc Lopez at the end of because like I feel like Doc Lopez has had less screen time than Danny Bailey had. In well, first
1: I mean, we've literally only truthfully seen him this episode. I mean, we we saw her like meet him, but this is the yeah. first.
0: Yeah, this is the first time we even hear him sing because. Yeah, D- D- Danny ba- Yeah, see but see, but see how like I feel like I wish they had used some of that time at the beginning when they were playing around and making fun of Danny Bailey, that character, to set up the Doc Lopez because now I don't buy into any of it. Because it's too fast. Now we're going Yeah, now it's like too
1: fast, too safe. Because we've seen
0: him for like two scenes and now we're supposed to just he's just in love and that's like, but what happened to Danny Bailey? What happened to those other characters? Right. Almost wish I think what's happening is they're trying to get too many references in and so therefore they're starting all these storylines and having to cut them off quickly and they're trying to cram it all in really quickly versus kind of giving because like when you think about it in a normal musical there's usually only one you know danny bailey there's usually there's only one main female there's one main you know male character there's one sidekick character there's one of these but in this musical there's like three or four of everything because people double as so many things in everybody's story that there's almost you have to take a little bit longer in telling the story because you're telling like six stories at once in terms of the amount of characters and references you're making versus one in terms of also what you were asking the audience to care about in terms of falling in love with a character or caring about a character, you know?
1: Right. Right. Um.
0: And when he uh, also, uh, he's handsome and, you know, but when he opened his mouth, uh, that was not what I was expecting him to sound like. I wasn't expecting a tenor. I was expecting like a more of a baritone kind of rounder sound. Mainly because, yes, traditionally, the love interest, quote unquote, in those musicals would be a tenor. But also they would look more like Danny Bailey. That's more what you're like. For sure. For sure. But those now the the more kind of gray at the temple, kind of more striking, you know, mass, quote unquote, masculine, typically masculine men. Do exist in leads in those characters, I mean, in those musicals, but they have they usually have this rich, broader sound, and not this kind of. And it almost threw me off. I was like, why does he sound? Because it almost sounded like you know, and this kind of goes to a testament of you really kind of have to pair voice with character. Of yeah, he said he had this weird, like tenor voice that was all light and almost slightly poppy versus. The, the voice that should go with what he looks like and how he's dressed. Uh, and that makes sense because you brought up the point that he's he's not he's like one of the people who's not a musical theater person per se from Broadway. right. right. And so he probably doesn't have the singing experience that a lot of the other characters do.
1: correct. Yeah. and that's that's just not in his his repertoire. Yeah. Um <clears throat> well, i I was gonna point out that this last song, um this last song in the episode it it echoes there were obviously um sound of music and uh something good or the music man's till there was you um this is just kind of echoing those big romantic like musical realizations that we see in a lot of classical stuff um, there's another one too uh some enchanted evening from south mm-hmm. pacific you know just those big like oh i'm i'm realizing cool. i love you
0: well, in Some Enchanted Evening, too, when you think like Brian Strokes Mitchell singing that song, um, that, like Bri- like when I was thinking earlier when he was singing, that is more so what I expected to hear in terms of like his voice quality. Because he's it's very that like Brian Strokes Mitchell yeah. would play this, yeah, yeah, this yeah, character because yeah. it's very much so of, I'm actually going to play it because I found it. Look at that. Um but it's it's, it's very that um, kind of big and broad Broadway sound that's more of this kind of baritone sound.
1: Right. Little... Even if it seems foolish,
0: that kind of... It would be so quick.
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying too. Yeah.
0: Someone may be laughing. You may hear her. right but character yeah character wise that's more what i expected
1: vocally yeah
0: like well yeah that is it is very some enchanted evening and also too it's very oh what is the name i can't think of the song but in music man they do this too where you'll have one scene going very common back then to To have these split stage scenes, which happens kind of throughout this number where you see this like weird split down the middle and it's referencing like, you know, in front of a curtain, especially in those musicals um, from the earlier 50s, those first ones, the Roger and Hammerstein, you would often have these duets or quartets essentially where one storyline would happen on one side where one side of the stage is dim and then halfway through the song we switch and we kind of go back and forth mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they might cross each other their worlds might intersect and they might even have lines that they're thinking about the other person that's singing opposite of them in the quartet but they usually never see each other they're usually in different places and so the like the unique thing about the way they did it in this show is that Melissa and Josh obviously can see each other. You notice the musical characters can't see the other person, but Josh and Melissa can see each other because they have these moments where they kind of reach out uh, and almost and cross really sets and they look at each other doing that. And I find that interesting and almost it feels it reminds me of like the moments where you know at the beginning of a scene or sometimes at the very end of the scene, Josh will look at Melissa in a certain way or kind of have these moments of like longing for melissa uh and and it reminded me of that and i, I for they're, me they're they're building up this longing between the two of them
1: well yes because and what's crazy is is like so obviously like emma's singing to josh and and doc lopez is singing to melissa but i think that they both showed interest but i think they showed interest for two reasons i think josh's interest was to get out you know, like, like, oh, she—it's—it's working, it's working. Like, this is working. And then I think for Melissa, it was more like fantasy fulfillment. Like, here's this guy; he's saying everything I've been waiting for someone to say to you. Know what I mean? Like, n- neither one of them are sincere. Like, their interest in this other person—they're not—they're mm-hmm. not sincere. But at the same time, it also mirrors what they're looking for in one another.
0: Well, yeah. Well, I read it more as. There's, there's a little bit of that there in the sense that, yeah, they're both kind of going along with this Schmigadoon love, which Schmigadoon has deemed as true love. But I definitely felt in both of them a longing for each other, almost a bit of, almost, not, not like a bit like regret, but I'm not sure exactly the word I'm looking for, but there was this longing of you could almost feel in them that they kind of wished this moment was happening with each other and not with separate entities. I you know, and I almost felt a little bit of guilt from from Josh. Yeah, he wants to get out of there, but I think at the same time he realizes that in reality he almost wishes he this was happening with Melissa more than this random person.
1: Yeah almost like a, it started out as like oh my god it's happening it's happening it's happening this mm-hmm. is working too like, oh, but oh this is working
0: you. oh what and what yeah exactly exactly and
1: plus also like there has to be some some thought in the back of his mind of like okay this may be my ticket out but then what happens on the other side of this
0: exactly yeah if i and if i this leave this
1: place without her i am without her
0: yeah yeah Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's what's coming into play of like a, yeah, a little bit of that of like, oh, wait, actually, how does this work now that we're getting closer to the end? We've been so focused on trying to get out of here, but oh, what does it mean to find true love with these other Schmigadoon characters and then get out of here? Does that mean, you know, we're no longer in love? what is you know, what does this all mean for, it was very, that was also part of the look on their face of what does this all mean if we do get out of here, if this does work? If yeah. this is what they're deeming as true love. Because I feel like this is the first confirmation they've both got that, at least from the Schmigadoon world, that they're doing something right. Or that, they're you know, the snow falling and this, this right. particular song happening. And so I think it is a little bit like, okay, we are on the right track. What's happening here? But also what does this mean? How does this affect, you know, us coming out of this? Uh, also i think a little bit of oh we're almost out of this and we're gonna have a lot of shit to talk about afterwards kind of a thing too of like you know because there is a little bit of i think ease for josh of while he's he knows in the back of his head while i'm figuring out you know trying to get out of here i'm not having to worry about everything else we have to talk about that got Mm -hmm. us here you know
1: yeah yeah and also like yes they broke up but when they get out like there's going to be a lot of new things that have happened Her, you know who they're Mm -hmm. sleeping with what what types of relationships they formed well why can you form them with those people and not with with me you know Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Mm -hmm. i agree there's a lot to talk about like when they get out of this which is another interesting thing of like i feel like that's even like that's its own episode of like I mean, I guess, you know, it's a very musical theater to tell this one story from beginning to end But what happens after this. The, the um, you know, the ramifications of what happens after this are null and void because we don't care because the musical's over. But with that said, I think one of the brilliant things that Sondheim does with Into the Woods is... He takes that classic kind of musical theater structure and this classic like reference and they're almost kind of doing it into the woods where they're combining all these different musicals. Mm -hmm. They're combining all these different references and they're telling a story from the end of act one. However, if you notice with Into the Woods, you can do act one and then the stories are kind of over in a very musical theater way. But act two deals with the ramifications of what happens after that. And I think when it comes to just like human brains and where we are in 2021 people are looking more for they're looking for more than just that first act, you know? So I'm hoping there will be something else that continues where we can kind of, you know, still have fun with this, but like, you know, use it to talk about, you know, I'm one of those people where it's like, yes, yes, you know art can exist just to make you laugh and just to make you but it's like they've brought up so many other things they've kind of like like it was obviously on purpose that the sailor was black in that um you know yeah uh, i mean the got. whole like, like baby daddy like, joke yeah and it's like i love the I, you know i'm glad that they're putting those in there but then it's like okay so as a viewer you're telling me that the author is trying to make points and has a how does he, not as heightened sense of view but like You're try. you know, you've shown that you are trying to make these 2020. There's there's more than just this is more than just a musical to make us happy. There's some other things and nuggets in there to make us think. Right. But don't you know, if you're going to give us the nuggets, you know, give us enough of them or more of them. And let's continue the story versus just wrapping it up in a neat musical way. But, you know, like I said earlier, I say all that to say I hope that there's more or they'll find ways to further flesh out. And you hear this all the time with shows of, you know, we started out with one season and we really didn't start fleshing out the rest of it until we got to season two, Mm -hmm. you know, or season three. And then we started to like, you know, let's see what happens if we go down this path. Because it seems like when you talk about some of the interviews, it seems like. They sat down with a list of all the things that they wanted to reference and then kind of constructed the story. Around that, yeah. Around that versus writing the story and then plugging in... References. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think that's why it is... I, I, and it's and it's, and, and it's oddly like pulling at me in two different directions I love that there are so many references my reference you know heavy brain likes that but at the same time it, that's also what's making me want it to go for longer mm-hmm. is all these other little like boxes they've opened up and you know commentary they've made
1: yeah I think those are all great points
0: you have any other thoughts about the episode overall
1: um. No, I mean, just basically what we've talked about It's going to be interesting to see how they wrap this up If they're able to wrap it up or not um, And if they plan to wrap it up or not Um, I think that yeah. for me The two things that are most intriguing The most intriguing thing in all of this to me is Mildred Because there are so many questions about her She is still such a huge mystery Um so I look forward to hopefully getting some answers on on her and on her perspective of everything that's going on. But I don't know. Um, nothing really major after that. I'm 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 getting a a little bit distracted because my sunburn hurts so bad.
0: Oh, I'm sorry that hurts. Well, hopefully it'll be better <laughs> soon, and you can put some like actual good lotion on it. Yeah yeah but Yeah. so this you know this i mean it was it was a really good episode i really enjoyed it and similar to the last episode it definitely felt like at the end um i was like oh it's over already there should be more
1: yeah same same i, I like i said uh this is my favorite episode so far i was actually really mm-hmm. sad it ended the way that it ended i mean well as quickly as it ended i guess
0: Yeah, it did. It didn't end. It didn't. It didn't feel abrupt, but it definitely ended quickly. And I think this—that's a you know um, part of it—is the like 30-minute episode. So hopefully there'll be more in the future, and hopefully we'll have lots of Schmigadoon to watch, and even a season two, hopefully. Um, But this has been episode three of Schmigadoonery. Elaine, anything else you want to say before we sign off?
1: Everybody, be safe and always reapply your sunscreen
0: (laughs) yes wear sunscreen alright this has been the third episode of Shmigadoonery, the number one podcast for dissecting and reviewing the new Apple TV show Schmigadoon if you enjoyed listening please make sure to comment like and subscribe to us wherever you are listening you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify Google Podcasts and anywhere else podcasts are found We will be putting out weekly episodes every Monday. You can also watch the podcast on our YouTube page, Mosaics. That's M-O-S-A-I-X. Subscribe to us at watch Mosaics across all social media platforms. And remember, you must always try your best with all your heart.